Chief, may I have a riddle for you? What has big round shape, carries man and dog, and flies? May give up. What has big round shape, carries man and dog, and flies? May not know either, but there it is. <laughs> There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac 1-1 and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce the members of the very extended posse. Girls, get ready. Seat yourself down. I can hear you uh, fainting in the background. Get your big box of Kleenex, your big box of wipes. You squeegee and you lube because the very famous one one is here. Oney. Yeah, hello everybody. Hello Mac. Hello everyone. I'm cast here tonight. Yes, this is an expanded uh, roster of uh, yes, yes. ne'er do wells. I think ne'er do wells. Well, oh, it's going to be it's going to be a fun show tonight. That was a blanket uh, meow, wasn't it? So, how's things <laughs> over there in the across the puddle? Well, we're gazing at the skies, looking for our own set of balloons. You know, something that the BBC can talk about. Okay. Besides talking about somebody else's balloon, so. <laughs> Everybody's out there going like this. Uh, he's looking up in the sky, folks. Okay. I thought he was going in a different direction when he was saying balloons. You know what I mean? But apparently not. Anyway, speaking of going in the other direction, no Coco tonight. Still out defending the Hawaiian Islands. Uh, Switchy is joining us hot, as they say. But uh, in the studio with us is uh, Uncle Al, the kiddie's pal, Al Ronaldo, UFO mechanic. Al. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. How are we doing tonight, folks? Well, you know as good as anybody, right? <laughs> Thanks, Al, for joining us. Um, also, the best part of the show is a good friend up there in Sideways, New York. Raven is with us. Raven, how are you? Hello, my friends. Thank you for having me. Looking very, very, um, what's the word, Juan Juan? Ravenous. Ravenous. No. Raven, good one, Ravenous. Yeah. Wow. A misty voice out very, of the Very chic. Out of the blue. I like it. Mention that. Um one of these next two guests just called it Ravenous. I couldn't tell which one. Dr. Bob Gross is with us from Chicago. Dr. Hello, Bob. Mac. Hello, everyone. How are you doing out there? Pretty good. It's a little warm here for Chicago, but it's really? still doing well. It yeah. is? What is it? What, Up, how warm is it? Above freezing? Around 50 degrees. Wow. Is it really? Yeah, well, it's going to be um, 65 degrees in New England. When is it? Thursday and Friday? Yeah, supposedly. 65 yeah. degrees, which you know means 70. This is in February. It's, I love it. That's it's fantastic. global warming, warming. I know that it's you know, screwing up the planet, but. Oh, man. There's going to be a lot of tops down. No, the beach day. Yeah. And convertibles down, too. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Hang on. Oh. Hang on. 
That's everyone mourning. Uh, also joining oh. us is um, UFO researcher and podcaster Martin Willis. And I'm going to say let's give him a round of applause ahead of time because wow. he's actually a little bit of a hero. Now, Martin, I'm going to let you tell us the story. Go ahead, please. Well, first of all, what were you doing in Myrtle Beach that you can tell us about? Well, I'm standing. I'm staying down for the rest of the winter down in South Carolina. Hey, y'all! See, I'm getting that down already. You, you got, got it. it. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so uh, I just I, I I got off. Well, sh- I guess I'll just tell the story. So I I got off a, a music cruise. I was out to sea, and at some point, I saw that there was this Chinese um, quote unquote weather balloon flying over, and there was you know they were talking about it being a spy balloon. So that kind of that was in my mind somewhere. And then a couple of days later, after I got off the cruise, I was up in Myrtle Beach, got mm. out of the car. There was a real estate agent there. And he said, hey, look up. There's uh, there's the Chinese balloon. And I looked up and I said, oh, yeah, that looks just like it. And he goes, no, it is it. Mm. And just then, um, a fighter jet, I wasn't out of the car for five minutes. Oh, wow. the, now, there were people staring at this thing all day long, you yes. know, yeah, I mean, yeah. for hours and hours. I got out of the car. Oh, yeah, that's a Chinese balloon. My friend is with me, and she's yelling, oh, my God, I can't believe it was it was quite the riot. So I put it out there. Uh, I put the video clip out there of the jet flying at the balloon. Yes. And, jet, and then I shot my video off. I didn't know I'm saying on the video, oh, it's going over there to look at it. I didn't know it was going to shoot it. And then the but I took still pictures. I was taking still pictures exactly when it was hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Um, and it was it was crazy. So I put that up on Twitter, and the BBC actually did call me, and I was uh, interviewed, and okay. they did put me up as really the only witness. Uh, um, of course, they were, they were interviewing a lot of witnesses. I don't know why they just chose me. But anyway, hmm. it was really, really exciting. I can't tell you. I don't know why it was so thrilling to me. It was like better <laughs> than seeing a UFO because this thing was his, It was a historic thing happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the first thing shot out of american skies i believe uh, um, that's right ever you know maybe so, ever. uh but but uh you know it was just it was right over my head and i just the the odds i mean what are the odds and yeah. then my friend's yelling he does podcast ufo so i was pretty pretty excited uh it was uh it was really fun to see it uh now uh, you know, one of the things the BBC asked me is how how did I feel about it being shot out of the sky? And uh, I said, well, you know, they had, you know, they they said it was a weather balloon, but at that this was at that time. And I said, but who knows what it is? And you know, before it went out to international waters, they had to they had to bring it down to see what it was. You know, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of controversy around. There was a lot of controversy. I don't know if there is now, but there was why why they had why we had to shoot it down. And then of course there was controversy why it wasn't shot down over montana um you know and so i think that's why the other balloons or whatever they are the objects have been shot down so quickly is so there's no more of this grief and i'm actually doing a show on that uh with a fighter pilot tonight and an astronomer about the whole situation mm-hmm. i'm gonna um well just two questions about uh down in middle beach number one did um did you hear a noise did you hear the explosion like delayed explosion or was there any noise at all there was this is crazy because I guess it's the way the wind is and where we were situated. The real estate agent was on the phone with his friend mm-hmm. and he heard the boom. We heard absolutely nothing. Wow, that's wild. Huh? And and then um, a friend of my friend's was uh, actually in a house in Myrtle Beach and all the windows rattled. What? Mm-hmm. 
So uh, we were a mile away from the beach, but for some reason, it just must have been the way the wind was blowing, I guess, mm -hmm. because we didn't hear a thing. So question two, did the real estate guy try to sell you a house afterwards? Yes, that's what it was all about. <laughs> really it didn't okay. work. Well, yeah. the hell. <laughs> so anyway, so <laughs> I think I think this is just my take on it, okay? Number one, uh, you don't hear very uh, this part of it very much, but as X would say, it's an open source. As soon as they had it coming over the United States, they had two U-2 spy planes circling, circling it continuously across the country. One of them was jamming all the electronic signals on it, and then one was kind of like sucking up all the electronic yeah. signals in it. You yeah. know, it's like signals intelligence, I guess, you know, at 40,000 feet or 60,000 feet. And then, uh, you know, if and then you, you think of like the political angle of shooting it down. Like you got to shoot it down, but... If they if you shoot it down and comes down on top of a orphanage or something, that's the worst kind of that you do not want that. So shoot it down over the ocean. Once you've sucked all the intelligence that you can out of it, shoot it down. Then get your hands on it. Number one. Number two. I think the Chinese look like chumps getting getting caught with it. When you think about it. And number three, I think that these smaller objects that they've been shooting down over the weekend are just like they say they are. They're um. They're smaller objects because NORAD adjusted all their radars to look for smaller things. You know, they're, you know, they're really um, made to look for ICBMs and bombers and stuff like that. Now they're looking for you know garbage bags floating in the wind. So they can do it. It takes a while, but uh, you know, I think that will turn that turn out to be something like that, like some old weather balloons, or whatever. And, or there's like hackers or someone in South Korea or Japan sending these things over, just like almost like a publicity stunt, you know. Um, but I don't think they're drones or – and I don't think they're UFOs. No. Not what, not what yeah, we I agree. Think. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I think the whole UFO community can go a little wacky in a situation like this and make, make the topic look bad if they're not careful. Mm -hmm. And uh, because, you know, if they start crying aliens without even knowing, it's, uh, it's crazy. And uh, – you know, this is like a balloon gate. You know, cover up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. What comes out. But the and yeah, I think the Chinese do have a little so-called egg or egg foo young on their face. Oh wow, doing that too. He's on oh, BBC oh, One. Oh, doing... That was bad. I'm sorry. Okay. That was Martin, I got a couple. Of, I got a couple of things. So yeah, they they let this thing fly for what six days across the United States. Yes. Okay. In the meantime, it was. Uh, not touched, not hurt, or by any means, and then all kinds of intelligence could have been gleaned was. from the communications from that balloon to the Chinese. Uh, unless from day one, the United States was able to scramble that data or fry it in place before it got transmitted. And it was jammed. The other thing is it this is an aperture adjustment thing. Okay, right, yes. when I was in the Navy back in uh, you know the turn of the century, back in the last century. I, I was a radar communications technician. Why didn't they have the, you, part of that aperture stuff? Is the way you, you architect your antenna? Yes. Okay. And the the, uh, the beam. Why didn't Why doesn't the United States have multiple radar installations that have multiple types of architecture? Well, they, where you're they not do. They absolutely. It? But they do. It's called the Pave Paw Line, and it's up on the northern part of Canada, along the right on the Arctic Circle. And it's these okay. enormous radars. And they can yep. literally see a sparrow over Moscow if you jam them up all the way. But you're mm -hmm. not looking for sparrows over Moscow. You're looking for missiles and bombers. So they put it on, you know, 
how they would show up looking for something that size and speed and stuff. And they've been going there for – they call it the do line. Probably 20, 30 years they've been doing – that's how they've been doing it. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, they're, they're very, really, really, really strong. But, yep. you know, they're, they're set in a way just for looking for, you know, kind of a particular thing. So if you turn those down and, um, like I say, you're looking for little – weather balloons and stuff, you're going to find it. Just like the guy says, we're finding stuff because we're looking for it. Um, okay. You know, How do uh, you know so much about sparrows? Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Who said that? Where's well, your little thing, you know? <laughs> wow, we. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. so, uh, so now, did you see anyone using your footage, like on CNN or something? And... Uh, didn't contact you because they're supposed to get clearance from stuff like that. You know, uh, no, no one actually used the footage that I'm aware of. Um, I thought for a minute I saw it on a website, but it was someone else at a different angle, mm-hmm. basically filming the same thing I did. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, what you said earlier, it's got to be true. It's the first thing ever shot down over the United States that we know about, right? I'm just trying to think. What yeah, else would it be? Yeah. Yeah, huh? Wow, that's strange. Well, there was Roswell, but you know. Yeah. Well, this is, see, I think I think a lot of the headlines these days sound just like Roswell. You know? Yeah, you, they do. You know, it's like someone's going to say it's a weather balloon. A lot of people say no, it wasn't. You know, and then you know, here we go. It's like Roswell twenty twenty three. You know, but I yep. think it will all come down to just kind of junk in the sky. The Chinese. I don't know why they're spying on people with balloons when they have spy satellites. Um, well, there's. Go ahead, go ahead, Bob. Yeah. Well, there there would be a reason for that balloon to be used, and that would be because it is going slower. It's going to pick up more footage for a certain area, mm-hmm. as well as it, it's lower. It'll get a better view depending on the cameras that they're using for the target, whatever yeah. that target might be that they're inspecting. Okay, but but number that's num- true. But, but lower, yes. All right, number mm-hmm. one, you're going to get caught, and number two. Yeah. What what has happened to you from using this? And to me, it seems like a, you know a kind of a primitive way of doing things these days. You know, it just did, and it's like begging to be caught. And um, that I just don't understand why they're using kind of off the shelf technology to do this when you know they have just as many spy satellites up there. And I, I know spy satellites have to be the right place, right time, and stuff like that. But it's done. You know, the Russians do it, and you know a lot of people do it. So to count on balloons to me is kind of dicky uh, uh, tacky. You know, but it, maybe they thought it was so so primitive that it wouldn't be detected somehow. I don't know, you know. But the thing was two hundred feet right, high. Right. People saw you it. Know, People in it, they should have painted it blue. You know, um, yeah, sky blue. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know what? Um, well, they could have been. Go ahead, Doctor Bob. They could have been uh, hoping to desensitize the public on seeing balloons like that. Well, yeah, that's, there haven't been three more since. Yeah, yeah, but no, no people, you know, people haven't. Um, they're not as big as this one. This is, this is. I, I I'm, can almost bet. No, I shouldn't say that after my Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> but um, that it's going to be this, the big balloon, and then these three things that are, you know, literally someone's old weather balloons. I mean, someone sets up a weather balloon, they send the data back. They don't bring the weather balloon back. It just floats and. You know where it winds up and winds up. You know, and I think they're finding. You know, the Chinese. These I'm sorry, Mac. Go ahead. The Chinese could have done one of two things: copy the Goodyear logo and painted it on the balloon, like, <laughs> or, or or say, you know, it's the year of the rabbit, and uh, everybody have a good time. Yeah. Put a little advertising. Paint on that on the, the balloon. Celebrate the, the holiday or celebrate Goodyear. 
I wonder how they, does anyone know how they detected right away that it was from China? Because they've seen these things before. I see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. they, the three of them have, have come over, the, have, you know, um, flown over the country in the past three years. And I'm sure they've done the exact same thing that they did with this one. They would have uh, ECM planes, electronic countermeasure planes that you can fly near the thing and jam every kind of radio on it. Okay, that's one thing. And then they have these other um, things on, on planes, uh, detectors, where you can, you can kind of suck all the energy in the – all the uh, information in it into your own memory bank. So they probably let, the, let these unreported ones fly over the country, did this. They got nothing, and the U.S. gets a lot in return. The thing is is that no one knew about it. And the weird thing about it is this is this wasn't detected by some radar in Montana. Some people saw it on the ground, okay? So right. it's not really good at hiding them. You know, that, see, that's, it's baffling to me. Why would you, why, why would you, you know, invite all of this nonsense now that the Chinese have to put up with? You know, everything from jokes to, you know, the UN. It's, yeah. it's, well, all they should have done is printed UFO on the side. It would have been a, a joke and it would have been the, the uh, end of every uh, news broadcast. Would have been the the last joke where they uh, everybody laughs about yeah, the, the punchline up in the sky. Yeah, now let me yeah. let me yeah. just explain to people that that's not the voice of God. That's actually Switchblade Steve Watt, our national correspondent, and I'm going to clap for him too, what? please, everybody. Not the voice of God. No. What are you talking about? He's on at seven. Okay, maybe a demigod. Yeah. Uh, is uh, Switchblade Steve Watt night? We clap for you because. Oh, it looked like he had a uh, an Asian hat on or something. Look at him. Yes. <laughs> okay. He's got a walk on his head. There we go. <laughs> he's, balanc <laughs> he's balancing it very well. Switchy, how you doing? Switch, switch uh, Beyond wonderful, man. Mm -hmm. You're a little late coming to the show. Oh, I, I thought we were just starting. <laughs> Maybe we are. So, uh, I yeah. didn't get the memo again, as usual. Oh, okay. All right. I understand. Uh, so, um, so right, we got about five more minutes left, and then Martin has to go and do his own show. Now, who's on tonight? A fighter pilot? Yeah, I have Chris Lato. He's a fire uh, F sixteen fighter pilot. Yes, uh, retired, yep. and he does he does a lot of re UFO research these days. Really, uh, and it started out with the Tic Tac. You know, that's what got his interest. Uh, Tic Tac UFO. Mm -hmm. And then I have uh, a good friend of mine, Mark D'Antonio, astronomer. Oh, sure. And uh, he's been on a number of times. And he's been – these two guys have been really following this thing mm -hmm. and all the other shoot-downs. So it will should be pretty interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I, what does your F-16 friend – what does he think UFOs are? Uh, you know, he's he thinks there's really something to it. He started out as a complete skeptic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, after he heard Dave Fravor's testimony about the Tic Tac – uh, he had a lot of respect for him, and and uh, he just saying, "Wow, you know, there's maybe really there is something to this." Yeah. And then he's looked deeply into a lot of different UFO, uh, you know, incidents over the years, and and uh, he really is like, you know, we don't know what these things are. He he doesn't say you know alien, but we don't know what they are, and right. Right. Uh, so he's fascinated by the topic now. You know, it's um, tonight. Um, <clears throat> Club is able to be with us because he's in uh, Wood, uh, Woodstock, New Hampshire. I did, had no idea New Hampshire had a Woodstock, but apparently they do. I'm looking at you, Al, like I you did, would know. No, I never heard of it. Okay, he well, he someone's tricked him into going the ice, uh, you know, <laughs> castle, and anyway. but uh, you know, he's we're always talking about you know uh, he's he's a big um, a big one on asteroids and keeping us from uh, you know the true uh, asteroid the truth about asteroids that they might hit us there there once again that that idea that they're getting us ready by lots of talk of asteroids for uh, maybe an asteroid coming that type of thing but 
he was, Club also talks a lot about these investigative re- committees that you know the government created like two years ago that have really kind of done nothing, you know, just kind of n- nothing. But in all of their word salad, it, it it this time it said we're looking into these things for scientific reasons and also for reasons of air safety. And they never ever ever said anything about air safety in you know, connection to UFOs. There's never been any. You know, case really of a UFO hitting an airplane or anything. Now maybe we're learning the reason that that is in that. The reason that wording is in there is that these friggin' things, you know, these balloons or whatever they are, yeah. Chinese and who, you know, they're the they're the they're the um, air safety thing. And uh, now here we are shooting them down, you know. So, you know, who knows? It's just it's it's funny, and it's funny. It's all happening now, all at once. Too is really kind of nutty. Yeah, well, one of the things they did is they they slowed the gate. They call it the gate, um, which means they slowed. They're looking at slower objects and at lower altitude objects. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see a lot of things happening um, because of that. Right. And that all started right after the the Chinese balloon was detected. Yep, yep. Um, a guy was on our show a long, long time ago, and what he said was, after two in the two years after nine eleven. The re- military pilots reporting UFOs, the percentage shot up like crazy, like two thousand percent or something. And mm. and the reason was was now they, they you know were they from outer space? Who knows? But it was that there were so many fighter jets in the air twenty four hours a day for two years after nine eleven. More rise in the sky, you're going to see more stuff. Therefore, right. the reports were you're kind of looking for it, okay? And that's what's happening now. But hey, yeah, well, I think it's a good thing. I think I happening. think it's a great thing. You know, I mean, because at yeah. some point the government's going to have to say. This is a big Chinese balloon, and these were Japanese garbage bags or something. They're going to have to come out, and it's going to look just like the Roswell. Yeah, I'm surprised they, there's not more talk about it Press at comments. the government level because right now about what these four shootdowns were. They're, we uh, know what the balloons were, but, I mean, they have to know something by now. Yes. And, you know, it just seems like they would they better talk about it quickly because a lot of people want to know. Yeah, I think they're just taking up at the right time. Plus, you got to make sure that uh, what you say— it, it, you make sure it doesn't turn into another Roswell. Is basically you got to be very careful to do everything yeah. you can do to sway people to thinking that you're lying about what you found. Because some That's people right. are going to do that, but yeah. make one little slip up and baby, it's it's going to be like a, it'll be Roswell all over again. On well, every talking head that I saw on TV the last couple of days twisted themselves into a pretzel trying to avoid using the term unidentified yes. airborne. Fill in the blank. Yeah, yeah. An an identified airborne thing, unidentified airborne something or other. Thingy. Yeah. And and one one guy, I don't know if he he was a highly decorated, I think, ex-military person. Mm -hmm. I don't think he was a member of uh, the staff yet or or now, but mentioned it's an unidentified airborne phenomenon. It's UAP. Yes. They actually mentioned UAP, and uh, that's what it could be. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Live with it. Yeah. Say yes, yes. Yesterday on the 13th, uh, President Biden did announce that he was going to establish a new interagency team to look into this incident and other objects like it in the United States. I thought we already had that team. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know why would we need more. See, yeah, club reports on it every yeah. week. See, yeah, so thing. this was supposed to be a new one now. A new one. A new one. these sightings. They'll take the care of it. Yeah. I think it's something that they know – that's been going on for it, this. It could be this. It could be something that they've known about for quite a while. That's why they built this air safety thing into all the stuff that they, when they established these committees. But maybe, 
you know, they'll find, you know, be interested. They find this material like in, in up in the um, Yukon, and it's something we don't know. You know, it might be a garbage bag, but we don't know what it's made of. Something you know, weird like that, like the debris, maybe the debris from it'd be very strange. But anyway, hey, listen, I know Martin has to go because he has this very important show coming yep. on later on tonight. What's the name of it again, please? What's the name of my show? Is Podcast UFO? It's live on YouTube and KGRA Radio, mm-hmm. and uh, that starts at seven o'clock mm-hmm. uh, tonight with Chris Lado and Mark D'Antonio mm-hmm. myself. Wow. Okay. Cool. So, so let's let's clap yeah. him off because thank you all. I'm gonna thank make you Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Martin. Good to see you. Good to see you, Martin. 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 Have fun on your show tonight. Thank uh, you. I will. You take care. Yeah. You guys okay. have fun too. You too. Oh, you bet. See you later. I want to take a commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. My dad, he's a double amputee, and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. Home for our troops built this house, and my dad can get through the wide doorways. He can reach anything. Homes for Our Troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. Join our mission at hfotusa.org. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54? How about Tonopar Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe, the haunted forests of New Jersey, A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. British Secret Service. Hello, money, baby. Hello, 007. How's your mission to steal the secret sex formula from Dr. Nodo going? It'll be going fine, ship from the two idiots headquarters ship with me. Hey, Mac, did Defalo Krumpus just call us idiots? Yes, he did, one one. He's an ungrateful putz. Nice car, though. Yeah, and you know what? Now it's my turn. But if you drive, what am I going to do? I'll drive, you shoot the machine. So no way, I'm driving. Too, I'm just driving. a license for you and I'm driving. Oh, see what I mean, Money Penny? James, we have to get the stolen formula, Dr. No-No, before the big two-for-one sale. I'm on it, honey, but I've got to rid myself of these two mushmuffs first. Uh-huh. I still have the red button, don't I? James, not the red button. Cobra, save us! Hello, gentlemen. And you, Mr. Bond. Oh, my God. Is that Commander Cobra? Jumping from a helicopter through the shell roof of my Ashton Martin? Well played, Cobra. What are you doing here? Besides rescuing my two friends, James, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to steal the cardio sex formula from Dr. No-No. All you have to do is go online and order it yourself. And then you'll have plenty of the new energy drink that can give you the extra endurance you need to get through. Please, Cobra, tell us why it's called sex. It's called SEX, for Strength Energy Accelerator. And it's easy to use. Just mix a scoop of water, shaken, not stirred. 30 minutes before you start your workout, and you'll find you can last longer and feel all around better about finishing your regime. Oh, 
my. And the mix comes in many different flavors. My favorite is passion fruit. Mine too. Why, you little trollop. Hey, Max, look at all these buttons. I wonder what they do. I don't know. Push one and find out. Not, not, not the, the big red, red one. one. No. Jeez, I hope he's wearing his rocket belt. Guess not. That's SEX Workout Dietary Supplement. Available only through Cardillo USA. Visit CardilloUSA.com for more details about our big two-for-one sale. That's C-A-R-D-I-L-L-O-U-S-A.com and get some sex today. Imagine you knew what was going to happen two seconds before it happened. Imagine you lived with the world's most beautiful supermodel. Imagine you drove a Jaguar with machine guns behind the headlights. Well, it's time to stop dreaming and start reading about Navy Lieutenant Chris Starr, hero of Mac Maloney's new best-selling paranormal detective series, Codename Starman. Who murdered the most beautiful tea girl in San Diego? Who's bombarding a small Massachusetts town with heavy artillery on Christmas Eve? Who's causing the mass murder of terrorists in the jungles of Africa? These are the cases Lieutenant Chris Starr must solve in the Kalashnikov Kiss, the first book in Matt's exciting new series, Codename Starman. Follow the Starman as he uses his psychic abilities to crack cases the U.S. Navy has declared too unusual. Find out why the Pentagon calls him the X-Files guy. And what is the wormhole anyway? To find out, get your own tomato can and be ready for action, strange adventures, paranormal activity, and lots of cover models. In Codename Starman, the Kalashnikov Kiss by Mac Maloney. On sale now at Amazon and your local bookstore. There's a monster in Tokyo Bay, hundreds of feet tall and breathing fire. It's able to destroy whole cities, sink entire battle fleets, and knock swarms of jet fighters from the sky. But there's another even more dangerous resident of the bay. A secretive psychopath intent on covering the planet with nuclear-armed booby traps unless the world's population bends to their demands. Meanwhile, a mysterious group of reborn medieval warriors has taken to the air. Strange signals are being picked up from outer space, and witnesses report seeing hundreds of ghost planes flying in the night skies over Tokyo. Sailing off the coast of Japan aboard the United American Navy's mega aircraft carrier, the USS USA, it's Hawk Hunter, the wingman. He must investigate these unusual occurrences while trying to thwart the criminal's apoplectic plan. But will his actions save the planet or lead to World War IV? Find out in Matt Maloney's exciting new novel, The Jericho Storm. Filled with dozens of dogfights, sea battles, and brutal hand-to-hand combat, The Jericho Storm is book 21 in Mac's best-selling Wingman series. Team up with Hawk's longtime allies, as well as a few new ones, including fighter pilots Switchblade Steve Ward and Jocko Johnson. That's Wingman 21, The Jericho Storm. On sale now at your local bookstore and on Amazon. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Ong's Hat, and the very mysterious M-Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. 
Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. It's early medieval Europe. Norse marauders are pouring down from the north. Steppe riders threaten from the east and Moorish raiders are surging up from the south. Now, as the Vikings plan an invasion of Ireland, the country's aging king must somehow protect his nation. But who is up to the task? Nordic sagas tell us an obscure and unlikely hero arises to save his people. Wolf of Clontarf leaps into history as a nightmare to the Norse and avenger for the Celts. It's Vikings meets Braveheart as this legendary Irish warrior, some medieval special operations forces, and a young woman spy help the Irish king defeat the Viking invaders. It's a tale spanning 15 years and leading up to the most decisive battle of the Middle Ages. That's Wolf of Clontarf, a new novel from Thomas J. Howley, now on Amazon. Imagine if there was a super secret satellite in outer space that could read your thoughts and alter your reality. Imagine if the U.S. government had no knowledge that this satellite even existed. Now imagine if such a powerful weapon fell into the wrong hands. In the latest adventure of Mac Maloney's best-selling detective series, codenamed Starman, Lieutenant Chris Starr of the Navy's X-Files team is given his strangest case yet. Track down the ghost of a rogue Navy SEAL who holds the secret to the God Satellite. Once again, teamed with beautiful Irish detective Mara McCann, Starr finds himself looking for clues from the streets of Rome to a mysterious snow-covered mountain in Arizona to Africa's forbidding skeleton coast. And finally, in outer space itself. But it's only when he realizes a secret vision in the desert points right back to where the case started does Star finally learn what the God Satellite is really about. That's the God Satellite, codename Starman, book number three by Mac Maloney, on sale on Amazon and in bookstores everywhere. And listen to Mac's show to learn how you can win a free copy. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Motronic Stuff Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Well, the show we have for you tonight with a gang here. But, uh, girls, you should be interested in knowing that the very famous Juan Juan is here. Juani. Oh, he isn't here. Holy cow. <laughs> he is uh, momentarily. He's indisposed. Wow, huh? That's the first. Here he is. There he is. There he is. Mysteriously. Okay, wow. Okay. Yeah, but take an important call, I'm sure. We're on the year there, Juan Juan. We're on the year you were fashionably late, okay? Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Up yours, man. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Jeez. Anyway. Um, no I had to make some quick Java here, you know. It's, okay. Uh, That's just almost story? midnight my time here. Okay. All right. Why don't, you get, why don't you get some bennies like everyone else over there? I should do that, yeah. Hell of a con. Dr. Bob might be able to help you there. He's a doctor. I should take that stuff that the Beatles were taking when they had to do, you know, 20 shows a day in Bennies. Hamburg. 
Bennies. Uh, they were uh, preemie. They called them premies. Yeah, premies. They call them premulins. I yeah, premies. Oh, man. The first Every time I read that aspect of their life, I go, how the hell did they do it? How'd they have really? livers left? Because that stuff just kills your liver. God. Kills your liver. But they were young. Uh, anyway, so uh, no cocoa tonight off the Hawaiian Islands. Uh, club is somewhere up in New Hampshire. He thinks he's at Woodstock. He's having a midlife crisis, maybe. We don't know. Uh, he's waiting for Jimi Hendrix to perform. Something, yeah. Mac, I've heard he's at Hair Club for Men. Oh, oh, oh. oh. He's that's, not that's even here. I can't confirm it. Oh. Wow. He's not oh. even here, Switchy. That's a low blow there, brother. But anyway, that voice you just heard is oh. <laughs> National Correspondent Switchblade Steve Ward. Switchy, down there in the... Uh, I can't say it. Go ahead. West Virginia. West, by God, Virginia. That's it. Right. Yeah. Okay. How's deep, things? Back deep in the Ohio Valley. Is it? Yeah. On the fringes deep. of the Ohio River. Mm -hmm. uh, on the same road, the very same road that the Scarberries and the Mallets were chased by the Mothman in November of 1966. Wow. So you're right there. That's uh, yep. ground zero for Mothman. Okay. It, oh, here he is and, right uh, now. It's a privilege to be here, and I am beyond wonderful. Okay. That's good. Uh, so, um, Let's get this. Uh, let me introduce everyone else. Raven is with us, of course. Raven, our favorite good witch up there in Sideways, New York. Hi, friends. Looking as stylish as ever. And with, with, with the hat and the glasses. Just, you know, the know. glasses really do it for you. Yeah, there's a good thing going on with the glasses. So. <laughs> the school mom look. Yeah, well, the, yeah the kind of uh, assistant librarian look. You know what I mean? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, uh, Matt, can I ask you what would be an assistant? Librarian wearing as far as glasses. I, I mean, say that. head librarian. <laughs> I'd say somebody. I'd have to bleep it out. Oh, wow, yeah. Eighteen bucks every edit. Horn rim? So, you know, no. <laughs> oh, no. You know, switchy. Like he's, mine. He scores again. Yeah, he's out of civilization too long. Anyway. Uh, that other voice you hear is uh, UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo in the house with us tonight. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. Drinking Larry Ganson is that? That that is a Ganson. Yeah, my a, neighbor have a Ganson. Yeah, okay. very old time and New England. Steve, I'm you're my hero. I swear to God, you come up with these one-liners. I don't know where you're getting them. Yep. <laughs> Probably in books. I have somewhere. great writers. Do you really? Okay. <laughs> you must. Also with us is uh, Doctor Bob Gross out there in Chicago. Doctor Bob, how are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. Mm -hmm. Good evening, everyone. Now, do you have Good a little? Evening, doctor. Do you have a little glass of wine next to you, as we all do? Uh, no, mm -hmm. I don't. Okay, all right. Should it's, we? Uh, should we last on my check? I guess. Should we send you a bottle? Maybe we'll we'll do that on the show. But uh, there's two things we want to do. First of all, let's ask Switchy very quick, not quickly. Switch, take your time. What you have for breakfast today, brother? This morning. I, I, I couldn't decide if I wanted to make the pilgrimage all the way 10 miles east to that in, incredible diner um, out there in West Virginia, or if I just wanted to go up the street a few miles to Tudor's Biscuit World. Yes. So I went up the street, and and then I couldn't decide, what, what am I going to have this morning? I mean, something different, something, you know, colorful or whatever. Colorful. And what I, I, I came, I was inches, I was seconds away from ordering. I was very close to lunch. It was about 11 o'clock. Okay. So I thought, and I've had this before, I thought I might get, but I did not, I might get the bowl of chili Ooh. along with a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> oh, yes. man. Yes. Talk yes. about heaven. Excellent. But instead, instead, I got... The uh, the pancake, uh, what do they call it? The pancake uh, 
shuffle. <laughs> That's not it. The, uh, the, 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 the pancake whatever. Extra- like extravaganza. <laughs> Scrambled eggs and sausage and white toast. Yes. With hot pancake? black coffee yes. in a mug. In a mug. The pancake whatever. That yes. sounds great. I love that. Yeah, no, they got, a, they got a special name for it. The pancake. How uh, many pancakes was that? It just, just, it, two? It, it, just two. Two. Okay. Two. You know, okay. That's plenty. I mean, I usually Short don't stack. eat them all, but this morning I can trust I ate both of them, hmm. every bit of it. In the maple syrup, of course, or that, that oh, stuff? Oh, maple syrup, oh, butter, oh, oh. and, yeah. uh, you know, nicely. I had, I had a book with me, a and I just took my time. I got a, I got a refill on the coffee, mm. and it was uh, it was beyond wonderful. And, and, and uh, how much was it? I'm going to guess this was uh, $12.95. <laughs> no, it was a little less than that. I think it was uh, 10 or 11 in that ballpark. Okay. Yeah. What'd you leave, 15 Come on, switching. Uh, no, 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 no tipping here. Oh, that place I, has no tipping. Would, yeah. If they had a tip cup, they are so good and they're so pleasant, mm-hmm. and the food is so good. I would be happy to uh, drop in a five dollar bill or whatever. Right. And, but they just don't do it. I think those workers have to be organized. You know, they got to get some lefty in there and the reunion and ruin it all. Right. Well, well, maybe they'll hear through the grapevine that they got this sap that lives down the street a few miles that would be love <laughs> to give them some extra cash. And maybe they'll set up a tip cup. Oh, wow. We're going to have to clarify that exactly what you want, but that's okay. It's all in the wording there, Switch. So listen. Hey, Mac. Yes. Mac, the UK is primarily a no-tip environment. Is it really? Let's you have to bastards. really find a place mm-hmm. that – uh, where, where you, you really have to ask if you, if you can tip. And like sometimes you, you want to insist on it, giving somebody a tip. you got to ask. Because. Yeah. You know, just because you want to do it. Like, you know how when you get a, a, a slip, or you're paying by debit card, you get a slip. You know, yes. There's, yes. No, there's no even mark where it says tip. Oh, really? There's, they don't even the bottom it. line, and you, and you tap your card, and the, that's it. Mm-hmm. But, and you, but, J.J., sometimes they don't. They simply don't accept it. I mean, it's not part of their policy, that's right? That's amazing. Right. Yeah, I yeah, go to right. a restaurant where they normal. gladly will take it from me with a smile, and I get a phone number in return, and you know, that sort of thing. So I don't tip cash right out of my pocket. <laughs> phone number in return. Yeah, you know, sounds ominous. You know, put, yes. They put their phone number on the back of the receipt. Do they really? Me. Yeah. Okay. Good for you. And that's yeah. I'm yeah. simply tipping alone. Interesting. England's mm-hmm. an interesting oh, place. Oh, oh. But anyway, uh, it's not. coming that time of night where we have a top ten. Top ten. And uh, Raven, you have the list, right? I do. I have top ten reasons why Switch would make a good James Bond. Top ten <laughs> reasons why Switch oh, would make man. a good <clears throat> James Bond. Should I uh, should I uh, uh, sign off for a few minutes, or is this okay? If you want to hide your head somewhere, that's fine. Okay, I, I might do that. This won't take it won't take too long, believe me. If I recall, it's not that funny, so there won't be a lot of laughs. <laughs> oh, good. Good. I'm glad it's not too It'll funny. speed right by. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's start the music here. Top 10 reasons why Switchy would make a good James Bond. Please, Raven, number 10. Number 10, his legal team is Goldfinger and Goldfinger. <laughs> number nine, please. Number nine. Uh, 007's car is equipped to shoot machine guns. Switchy's car is equipped to shoot seltzer water. <laughs> Did you see that? No. Hey, it can be deadly depending on the uh, yeah, pressure. Right. <laughs> you know, you can get a good stain out with some seltzer water. Yes, yeah, okay. So True it's story. a dual, dual uh, use. Uh, 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 next, please. Right? Um, number eight. So many women flock to see Switch at the Mothman Museum these days. Neighbors call the police. To, 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 uh, <laughs> start again, maybe. <laughs> start again. <laughs> God. <laughs> 
go. Let's, okay. Number eight, please. So many women (laughs) flock to Sea Switch at the Mothman Museum these days. Neighbors call the place Pussy Galore. Oh. It's bad. Is that, uh, is that out of line, would you say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that writer will be fired immediately. Mac after dark material. Oh, that's good. We need stuff. Okay. Uh, next, please. Number seven, I hope. <laughs> Number seven. Shaken, stirred, Swish doesn't care. Just give him a f-ing drink. <laughs> okay. Yes. Sarsaparilla. Okay. Yes, please. Uh, next, please, Ray. Mm, six. Uh, yep, six. Mm-hmm. Like the arch villain Stavos, Switchy's three house cats are actually ocelots whose diet consists mainly of eating other house cats. Oh. <laughs> and that was God. happening. <laughs> that guy Stavos, the need to. Uh... You, you got to keep their stamina up. Okay. All right. All right. There's a lot of protein. Next, please, Raven. These are top 10 reasons Switcher make a good James Bond. Number five, his pet frog's name is Thunderball. Thunderball, right? That was one of them, right? Okay, what are the next explanation it, it, moving? Uh, it was Ribbit, but he never came. Yeah, never, yeah. Never. <laughs> he changed his name. Uh, next, please, Rave. Uh, number four, growing up with braces, the other kids called called him Jaws, which is also the name of a very <laughs> movie by Steven Spielberg. Right, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a tie-in, as I say, in the biz. Yeah, Next. we're going to need a bigger boat, that's for sure. <laughs> Next, please. Raven. Number three, uh, he dreams nightly of skydiving in the nude with Queen Elizabeth and one of her corgis. <laughs> oh, that's that oh. one one. I'm sorry. I mixed you two up. Okay. Next, yeah, please. I beg your pardon. That would be my fantasy. Listen, yeah. I had a pair of Fruit of the Looms on, just so you know. Oh, really? Okay, that's good. Yep. All right. Thank you. So clarifying. <laughs> Next, please. Raven. Uh, number two, his primary care physician is named Dr. No. Dr. No, come on. Wow, not that many James Bond fans here, I guess. So why don't we go to number one, please? Raven is drinking it up before he gets to number one. She can barely make it to the end. <laughs> See? <laughs> the number one reason which would make a good James Bond, he's got the hair. <laughs> wow. Okay. I told, I told you, Switchy, it wouldn't take long, right? Uh, right, yeah, I should have. Uh, oh. I should have taken out the garbage and come back, but uh, you know, well, I can do that later. Why don't we switch gears? Uh, uh, our good friend Dr. Simeon Hine is coming up in about fifteen or twenty minutes at the top of the hour, so I'm going to throw it to Raven. Uh, you have a report on what is it again? The dark aliens or something? Yeah, the Black Alien Project. Mm. Please, hey, well, let is, us um, let's, let us put your bumper in right here. And now. It's time for Raven. And uh, please go ahead, Raven. Yeah, so I just want to give like a warning. You know, this is a a little bit of extreme content um, talking about body modification. So if you're not into that, just so you know. Um, But we are talking about the Black Alien Project. Uh, Anthony Lafredo. Lafredo uh, is your average 33 year old. Uh, he enjoys going to the gym, sports cars, and extreme body modification. Um, so, body modification, for anyone who doesn't know, is defined as the deliberate altering of human anatomy or human physical appearance. For example, tattoos, piercings, uh, brands, implants, scarification, and even suspension. Um, so if you're looking for more information on that, you, there's a really good documentary called Blood and Guts. You can check that out. Uh, oh, sweet. It's really good. 
Um, I'm all over it. <laughs> it's a good documentary. It's very interesting. Is it? Okay. Um, so currently, Lafredo is in the process of turning himself into a black alien through various body mods and other surgeries. So to date, he has covered his entire body and eyeballs in dark tattoos, had implants set in his arms, head, and face, gotten his teeth filed and dyed, split his tongue, and has removed his nose, ears, upper lip, and three fingers. What the? the, Can I just jump in here a second? Is a real guy doing this someplace? What's the matter with this guy? If you Google image the black alien, like I said, like content warning, it's not for everyone. But 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 what doctor does this? Who? How do you get a doctor? No, we're gonna get to that. Really? Okay, Okay, please. We're gonna get to that. So, having said everything I just said, this is very important. Per Lafredo's Instagram, which I checked today, just to make sure, his transformation is forty six percent complete. Oh man! Wow. 46% 46% with everything I just said. I just want to, again. Not even halfway um, there? Uh, yeah. yeah. It's it's wild. Who's paying um, for it? Who pays for it? Who's paying for it? It's got to be does, I, I would assume. Yeah. I mean, he seems to be doing pretty good. And he gets some he's doctor got, like, to do it. He's fancy cars. Yeah, well, he's got money. And, and he's got and he got some plastic surgeon or something to do it on. I'll bet. Yeah. He's also from France, and I think that things are different over there. Oh, he's from France. Why did you say that? I got you covered. Everything falls into place. That's where the coneheads are from. Yeah, silly French people. Oh, (laughs) that makes sense. Okay, yeah, they're they're a little kooky over there. Recently, Lafredo has expressed interest in a risky procedure uh, to amputate his leg. This is controversial on a massive scale, uh, and I think it's important to bring up the 1998 case of Philip Fondi. Uh, He was 79 when this happened. Okay. He suffered from body integrity identity disorder, otherwise known as BIID. This is the rare phenomenon in which there is a mismatch between the mental body image and the physical body. Um, This disorder is normally kept secret as the subjects suffer from an intense desire to amputate a totally healthy limb, Mm -hmm. and it's often fetishized and misdiagnosed. So it's understandable why they would want to keep it a surprise. But but, but can I just ask you a question? Um, Yeah. Why do they want – you say they look at themselves, they look differently to themselves than they do to other people? Yeah, so like in there, it's, you know, like kind of like body dysmorphia in a way, but a, a way more extreme version where in their mind, they see themselves as maybe missing an arm or a hand or mm. a foot. And mm. that's uh, uh, that's the way that they see themselves. And that's how they want others to see them. Oh, that man. was my understanding. I'm not a doctor. Mm. I just want everyone to be clear. I know there was some confusion a few weeks ago. A lot of people thought I was uh, I was a doctor. I'm not really, so I can't. I can't diagnose him. Uh-uh. Um, but this is what I found. <laughs> um, so, Bondi oh, okay. from the '90s here uh, was requesting to have his leg amputated. Ah. Um, he was put in contact with John Brown, an unlicensed ex-doctor specializing in plastic surgery Sick. and crude sex change operations. Mm. And I really want to emphasize the the X part here. Yes. This man's was not good at being a doctor. Really? So it was it was completely legitimate that he was stripped of his license. Yeah. Okay. Um, Last in his so class. So Brown performed a below-the-knee amputation on Bondi and set him up in a hotel room for, quote-unquote, recovery. Mm. 
According to Brown, he did check on Bondi after the patient contacted this butcher surgeon because he needed help and he had no one there to help him. Um, Brown stated that he came back to the hotel, checked on the stump. It was bluish in color and still bleeding, which he took care of by rewrapping the leg and recommending Bondi take more meds. Two days later, Bondi would be found dead in that Ah. hotel room after suffering from gangrene poisoning, obviously. Yep. Um, And Brown was arrested and later convicted of second-degree murder. So all of this makes me wonder, does our friend, the black alien, suffer from maybe like a more extreme case of BIID? Mm -hmm. Um, As I had mentioned, he did already have three fingers removed and several facial features. I just saw saw a picture of him. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I just saw a picture of him. Um, Uncle Al here had, uh, piled him up on his um, phone here, and the it, the guy looks he looks like he's in a, a Star Trek dressed up as a cheap alien, right? That type of thing. Yeah. He, uh, why, why, why would anyone? But why does he want to look like an alien? That's the thing. I mean, how bad I mean, could he have? No been? ears, yeah, he, no nose, and no upper lip. That is, he looks like and an alien. Bumps in his head. He's gray and yeah, those are implants. The yeah, ones I'm that sure. are in like Stainless his brow implants. line and the top of his head, and they're in his arms. Those are implants. Um, but where his nose have, used like, to be, silicone, yes. and I think that you can get a metal one if I'm not mistaken. Because really? I did have some friends that had implants. Yes. Um, and they're yeah. just like squishy. Oh wow! Um, huh? Yeah, that's why but I can you, describe it. You can see his septum um, in his nose. Yeah, he probably blew that off with cocaine or something. But it's, it's white. It. It's white. It's right there sticking oh, there out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's really good. He should have wiped his nose or something. But Ooh. you have to be insane. But but it's also that who who does this to you? I mean, you always wonder what doctors you know wound up last in that class. You always you hear the guy who was first in his class. Yeah. Who, there's got to so be someone who works. That's in the, the perfect example yeah. of. John Brown, yeah, you know, yeah. he he did technically pass one portion of his of his licensing that he needed, and then he completely failed the other one. <laughs> so it was like, okay, it makes sense. Like, and he was operating out of he he was an American uh, citizen, but he was operating out of Tijuana. Oh wow! So people okay, would go again. right over the border. They would, you know, he would Falls say, "Oh yeah, like you want, you know, uh, breast implants? Yeah, it's gonna be five thousand bucks cash. Like okay. nuts." So, yeah. <laughs> um, right. And having said that, you know, the laws vary, obviously, from country to country. Mm-hmm. Um, I get hung up on this because of the freaking Hippocratic Oath that yeah, yeah. doctors are supposed to take. They're supposed where, to. Where, you know, I, I'm very torn on this because there, there's that. And I've worked in healthcare for, you know, years. So mm-hmm. it's like that, that on one hand is, is bugging me, but on the other hand, it's like, you know what, this guy's paying the money for it. And at the end of the day, he's not hurting anyone. So well, what does it really matter? I do believe that he got his, he got three fingers on his left hand, I believe removed in Mexico. Um, on purpose, which again, makes total sense. It was on purpose. And there is a video, um, I'm not going to link it. No. If you want to find it, you can find it. Yeah. It's it's on the internet. It's out there. But I will not <clears> link it just because, again, it's just and Al just showed me still pictures of it. It's it's disturbing. I mean, it's disturbing because you're looking at a disturbed person who must have a lot of money or a great health insurance plan. The split tongue adds split a lot. Split tongue, uh, you know, yeah. the works, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, but I why, mean. So did so, you ever say why an alien? I know I asked you this before, but why an alien? Because he's into Aliens? This or? is 
This is um, in his words in that article that I was reading. I actually read a few different articles, but, you know, he just said that this is this is how he sees himself. This is what makes him comfortable and happy. Yes. You know, I don't know. Like I, like I said, I mean, I, I'm kind of torn, but my I really lean towards this comes down to money and somebody wanting to do it. So let them do it again. They're not hurting anyone. So go off. Um, but I want to say this. Is his appearance alarming? Yes. Yeah, probably to most people. Go ahead. Um, and I bet there's a lot of people who are very upset about somebody wanting to remove a seemingly healthy limb. Yes. Where, you know, like that that's probably all of us on this Zoom right now mm -hmm. where we don't understand that, which is why, like, it's such a, you know, it's such a messy area where where that diagnosis often goes missed sure. because I think people are just assuming, oh, you're just sick. Like yeah. I have body modifications. So I don't, to me, it's like my opinion doesn't really weigh in here. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's about it, right? I have a piece of scarification. Uh, I have piercings. I have stretched ears. Yeah, I got a couple things going on. But... <laughs> I wonder, does he know something that we don't? Well, if he does, is he, then... Is he preparing himself? And he, then he looks exactly like, you know, whatever lands or something. That would be really crazy when yeah. you think about what it. What if he received, like, a message or something that, like, we don't know about, and this is how he's masking it, you know? Maybe he's got us all fooled, well, but... it'd be funny if they well, invaded. No. He can walk amongst it's them and say, hey, sorry, you know. <laughs> I linked to the uh, a Daily Mail article from the UK, and I sent it to you guys. And yes, the pictures are disturbing. The slideshow there, and the pictures of him, how he used to look nor normally. Yeah. The guy is pretty buff, looks pretty good. Really, huh? He's, Wait, he's, he's still yeah. buff. Like, he's he really? still jacked. A buff alien. Now, yeah. let's ask I the I wonder if question. he's seen his ophthalmologist lately. There you go. Him and Prince mm -hmm. Charles, they need new glasses. But look, I mean, <laughs> the only other girl who's going to be, I mean, is there any kind of attractiveness to him, Raven, that he looks like an alien to you? We're asking you, you're a girl. I will say this. I dated someone that had a split tongue. It's not everything that it's cracked up to be. So take that what as was you it know. Okay. to be. Yeah, we, can, <laughs> we can end the show right now. How's that? Okay. As long as you stop at the tongue, you're all set. I, I wanted to say something, Matt, to, to, to Raven. Uh, strangely enough. Uh -oh. I have tattoos all over my body, but every time I take a shower, they wash off. Unfortunately, <laughs> oh, oh, I only shower once every fortnight, so at least I can enjoy them for a while. Yeah, you can, you can enjoy them for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, that's good. That makes sense. Switchy, what are you eating the catnip there, brother? What? <laughs> all of a sudden, are you funny after seven years? Well, all <laughs> of a sudden, Mac, I'm hilarious. I'm the, uh, I'm the. Uh, what, what, what do I want to call it? The the lifeblood really? of Mac Maloney's military X-Files. Like the king of the one-liners. himself as the Venkman of, of Mac Maloney's yeah. military X-Files. <laughs> Cut, cutting in on Coco is how I read that. Right? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. So, yeah, let, that's the Black Alien Project. Let me know, you know, yeah. what you guys think. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm very well, torn on, on this. I think he's crazy. I feel, I feel sad for him. I mean, it, it's it's not up to me to be feel disgusted or outraged in any way. That's his gig, and that's that's what he wants to do. Find some free country, as they say. Yes. But to yeah. have the assistance that's... that he got, yeah, and he may, you know, live to regret it. I mean, does, doesn't he have some? I get a feeling he will. Weird feelings about it already. 
Well, no turning I back. Wonder, especially that was why I thought it was really important to bring up that case with Philip Bondi and John Brown, because that can happen. Like things can go horribly wrong. And I mean, again, like, you know, if that's what you want to do, go for it. I don't care. I, I, I literally don't care at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I he thinks he has to do no it, though, you. right? I th- I th- it's, I th- not, it's not a choice for him. He thinks he has to do it. In order That's to- what I think. I feel like I think he might be undiagnosed. But, but, but would mm. this, I don't know. Would this cure him? Would it cure him? A lot him? of people, because like I said, this is, it's a, it's a diagnosable thing. Mm-hmm. And people have had limbs removed because, because of, of the it, IID. Yeah. And they feel so much better after it. They oh. feel like they're a, a for lack of a better term, they, they feel that they're a complete person. Yeah, huh. that's like, like gender. That's how that's how assignment. they feel mentally. Well, yeah, okay, but you know they start chopping off limbs and appendages. Where do they stop? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I mean, you got to function. I was wondering because it's like with tattoos, you can't just get one. You know, like I started with one, and now I have way more than one. Really? So I'm like. Can we guess? I don't know. Is that is that addictive? But he did say though. I forgot to mention this. I apologize. Uh-huh. He did say right now he's not going forward with any other limb removal. Oh. Um, he's going to work on his face some more. Really? Yeah. Good <laughs> okay. idea. Yeah, I, I agree wow. with that. That's a good idea, pal. Okay. Interesting. But, well, you know, Mac, I was thinking about uh, transitioning to an Oompa Loompa. What is that exactly? Switchy, please. I think that's something Dr. <laughs> Seuss created. Oh, I see. Well, I think they were dancing at the Super Bowl. Yeah, really. Wilder. But you get. Oh, that's it. So, so, yeah, but I, I have all my appendages, and that's there that's important to me. That's very important to all of us, as it turns out. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a wish uh, break now and calm down? Okay. See? For the puke bucket, see? if that's more yeah. handy. Yeah, right. And, uh, Can't say I didn't warn you. We'll be right back. <laughs> We'll be right back. This is Mac Mooney's Military Exercise Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Networks. Please stay tuned. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54? How about Tonopah Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Ong's Hat, and the very mysterious M-Triangle. 
Matt Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous One One. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. It's early medieval Europe. Norse marauders are pouring down from the north. Step riders threaten from the east, and Moorish raiders are surging up from the south. Now, as the Vikings plan an invasion of Ireland, the country's aging king must somehow protect his nation. But who is up to the task? Nordic sagas tell us an obscure and unlikely hero arises to save his people. Wolf of Clontarf leaps into history as a nightmare to the Norse and avenger for the Celts. It's Vikings meets Braveheart as this legendary Irish warrior, some medieval special operations forces, and a young woman spy help the Irish king defeat the Viking invaders. It's a tale spanning 15 years and leading up to the most decisive battle of the Middle Ages. That's Wolf of Clontarf, a new novel from Thomas J. Howley, now on Amazon. There's a monster in Tokyo Bay, hundreds of feet tall and breathing fire. It's able to destroy whole cities, sink entire battle fleets, and knock swarms of jet fighters from the sky. But there's another even more dangerous resident of the bay. A secretive psychopath intent on covering the planet with nuclear-armed booby traps unless the world's population bends to their demands. Meanwhile, a mysterious group of reborn medieval warriors has taken to the air. Strange signals are being picked up from outer space, and witnesses report seeing hundreds of ghost planes flying in the night skies over Tokyo. Sailing off the coast of Japan aboard the United American Navy's mega aircraft carrier, the USS USA, it's Hawk Hunter, the wingman. He must investigate these unusual occurrences while trying to thwart the criminal's apoleptic plan. But will his actions save the planet or lead to World War IV? Find out in Mac Maloney's exciting new novel, The Jericho Storm. Filled with dozens of dogfights, sea battles, and brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat, The Jericho Storm is book 21 in Mac's best-selling Wingman series. Team up with Hawk's longtime allies, as well as a few new ones, including fighter pilots Switchblade Steve Ward and Jocko Johnson. That's Wingman 21, The Jericho Storm. On sale now at your local bookstore and on Amazon. Imagine you knew what was going to happen two seconds before it happened. Imagine you lived with the world's most beautiful supermodel. Imagine you drove a Jaguar with machine guns behind the headlights. Well, it's time to stop dreaming and start reading about Navy Lieutenant Chris Starr, hero of Mac Maloney's new best-selling paranormal detective series, Codenamed Starman. Who murdered the most beautiful tea girl in San Diego? Who's bombarding a small Massachusetts town with heavy artillery on Christmas Eve? Who's causing the mass murder of terrorists in the jungles of Africa? These are the cases Lieutenant Chris Starr must solve in the Kalashnikov Kiss, the first book in Mac's exciting new series, Codenamed Starman. Follow the Starman as he uses his psychic abilities to crack cases the U.S. Navy has declared too unusual. Find out why the Pentagon calls him the X-Files guy. And what is the wormhole anyway? To find out, get your own tomato can and be ready for action, strange adventures, paranormal activity, and lots of cover models. In Codename Starman, The Kalashnikov Kiss by Mac Maloney. On sale now at Amazon and your local bookstore. My dad, he's a double amputee and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. 
Those were our troops built this house, and my dad can get through the wide doorways. He can reach anything. Homes for our troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post 9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. Join our mission at HFOTUSA.org. Introduction here to Mac Maroney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maroney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. Very quickly, let me introduce everyone else who is here. Girls, the very first one, one is here. Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. Excellent show tonight so far. So far. Uh, girls, uh, the very famous, uh, equally famous Switchblade Steve Ward is with us, Switchy. Great to be here tonight, Matt. Okay. And you got a huge, um, what did you eat today? What was your breakfast? The pancake thing that you couldn't remember the name of? Uh, the, the pancake um, thing. Thing, yeah. yeah the pa- the it, pancake. It's got a special name. Thingy. But it doesn't matter. It's pancakes. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Syrup, butter. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's, it's always good. Lots of butter. Um, okay, yeah. Now I'm hungry. Damn, what happened? Uh, also with us. Oh, is your uh, folk mechanic Al Ronaldo in the studio with us? Al. Good evening, Matt. Good evening, everyone. Um, thanks for being here. Also, our um, favorite good witch up there in Sideways, New York. Raven is with us, Raven. Oh, my God. Hi. Hi. It's like you just came in the door. What are you surprised to see us? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I wasn't sure what we were doing. Oh, you okay. know, I've only done this a couple of times. So you kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> a couple of years. Okay. You knew it this? Mm, we all are, in a way. Uh, thank you, Raven, for joining us. Thank you. You know, what other nice looking girl would be on with drunk <laughs> five drunk white guys on a Tuesday night? Uh, you got that right. Man. I'm they just suck. asking. I'm the best one. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Uh, also with us is Dr. Bob Gross out there in Chicago. Dr. Bob. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. You're hanging in with us, right? Despite your uh, yes, PhD. Yep. Chicago. Love it. Yes, love Chicago. Used to hang out down at the Loop. Oh yes. Loop. Hey, is WLUP still a, a radio station? Is that still? I haven't listened to that station yet. No, oh, that was my favorite station back in the late '60s. It's a cool station. During it's the a Chicago cool riots. Oh really? Yeah, that was the soundtrack. Yeah. I was in the Navy down there yeah, at the time. Oh, what a good you did then. What, 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 what were you in Chicago? If you're in the Navy, what were you on the Great Lakes? I was in the I was in the Great Lakes, Illinois, for ET school for almost two years. And that's near Chicago. I hung out. Yeah, take the train takes you 20 minutes to Chicago Northwestern oh, Railway. Awesome Boom. And, and I was there for the, boot camp and basic electricity school. Was you really? Yeah, you huh? Chicago. Yeah, nice place. A lot yeah. of people compare it to Boston, and I can there are some comparisons for sure. There's so many good nooks and crannies in Chicago. It's, mm-hmm. a, you know, it's a big city with all kinds of cool facets to it. Just watch Especially nooks. Yeah, just yeah, just watch yeah, where you go. You know what I mean. Yeah. Also, yeah, you know, out there in the uh, and uh, a, a less urban environment is our good friend Simeon Hine, out there in the the, the foothills of the Rockies. Is that right? 
That's just, correct. Okay, that was his play-in now. What was the name of that song? That was him playing in and a very cool Martin guitar. Awesome. What's the name that of the song? That was the beginning of music to grow by off of my Opening Skies CD, which you can mm-hmm. find on all streaming services. Oh, wow. Okay, all right. Do we have all to right, pay we'll you? Do we have to pay you ASCAP fees for that, for playing that on the air? Yeah, because these systems now automatically find they really are. I'm amazed how it works. I'll and get a bill. Aggregators send me a couple pennies for every yeah, yeah, stream. Yeah, yeah. On YouTube, it's, it's a third of a penny per stream. It's yeah. a- you can live off of it, right, Sabine? Yeah, yeah. Yes, you can get a coffee once a month. There you go. If you're lucky. But, <laughs> but it's something. It's something. That it's amazing to play and actually have it turn into pennies. You mm-hmm. played something earlier. Yeah. I mean, he played something earlier that sounded like uh, Almond Brothers Band from um, uh, Eat a Peach album. Right, uh, right. So. I, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know because I listened to that album a lot when I was. I knew it. And I, I love that song, Little Martha. That's it. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I learned how to play that style. My mom taught me how to play when I was 13 or 14, alternating bass. Mm-hmm. Oh, you played a little of that uh, inadvertently or intentionally, whatever. Play it, it was, now. That's what, what, that's what it sounded like. Play it now. Boom. Play it now. I love my, it. Play my it mom now. taught me how to play this style, and I came across Leo Kotke and all mm-hmm. sorts of other players as a teenager, and I just said, I have to be able, I have to do that. Yeah. yeah. Play yeah. that uh, play that Allman Brothers uh, piece now. Just well, this is called the Coyote Boogie, and I, I got this camping when the coyotes would sing along with the guitar, so I wrote a song for them really? in the Northwest. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Wow, nice. Yes, let's give him a round of applause. There's a little bit of hot tuna in there, too. Your mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good. Mac, Mac, I think uh, uh, I think I used to hang out with this guy. I think I oh, really, yeah? uh, played vinyl <laughs> together uh, back in the day, you know. <clears throat> yeah, dusted yeah, off my records. And... You're going way back to the seventies. Those are the things that influence you. You listen to it as yeah. a kid, and, and it just it filters in. And, and decades later, these tunes come out of your fingers. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it's you know it's a it's so comforting if you can play some of their stuff and then integrate your own uh, your own tunage, and then off you go. You're, Embryonic journey. Embryonic. Oh, yeah, that's how it started for me. Exactly. I right. like that song so much that I played it on my turntable and videoed it uh, while I, while I was playing. Who's that? So, Who, played so, that? Who played it's that? It's on my phone. It's like I just held the phone over the turntable. But Embryonic Journey. I just Who is love it? watching it play. Who's it by? Who's it by? Excellent. Yep, that's it. Is this on? Gives me goosebumps. You're giving me goosebumps, dude. (laughs) I love that song. That that music, I still think that music is better than anything coming out these days. Who's it by? I'm not kidding. Who's it by? See, that's not geezer talk. You're right. You're right. Sometimes I think it's geezer talk. Who's it by? Who's it by? Jefferson Airplane, Surrealistic Pillow album. There you go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. a long road to find that out. No okay. auto tune back then. When That's those right. people were on stage, they were really You can tell. Exactly. For Milli Vanilli. When yep. that <laughs> album came out, they played in Boston at the uh, 
uh, Unicorn Coffee House. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in like the third row. I'm on the side of the stage where Grace Slick is. And then oh, Marty Balin comes on playing this float. Flute. Yep. And you know, there's a lot of good acoustic stuff on that album, but it's <laughs> kicked ass rock. How'd they all too. fit in there? How'd, how'd everyone fit in that place? It's very it was, tight. It very like tight a, in the like a postage <laughs> coffee house. Very famous place, though, back in Boston in the 60s yeah. and 70s. Jefferson Airplane. I couldn't believe it. Imagine all that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's another place in Boston, not to turn this into a music show, there's another place in Boston called the um, Boston Tea Party. And it was yeah. like where Led Zeppelin played first, and mm-hmm. it was an old church right near Fenway Park. And Saw a lot of bands on their way up and coming. They saw the Kinks, saw Santana, saw mm-hmm. um, Eric Clapton. They were Bonnie and Delaney. Can you imagine that? Um, uh, Zeppelin played there. Yep. MC5. Um, you know I love that place is the Velvet Underground. They oh, thought yeah, that was the right. best yeah. venue they've ever played in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great place. Anyway, so yep. let's get back to uh, Simeon Hines. Guys, Led Zeppelin was my first concert ever. Really? Well, yeah. Huh? Really? In Madison Square Garden, their 77 <laughs> tour, June. They did six nights in Madison Square Garden. Well, if you're going to go to a concert, that would be the one. What year was that? 77. Wow. 77. Right after when? Uh, Song Remains the Same. Right, because I'm thinking, I was right after Song Remains the Same. Because I was thinking uh, that that movie you know, was based on their reappearance at 75 or 73 yeah 77 was a couple years later right there was john bonham and and all the guys and oh my god he had 34 vodkas the day he died 30 30 i saw them in chicago in 1969 Mm. led zeppelin 2 had just come out and woodstock had just ended and who's the opening act santana Wow, nice! The first album had just come out. Yeah, yeah, that's why I probably they saw him on that same tour. Woodstock, tool. and uh, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Like cost me like five bucks to see yeah. both those things. <laughs> hmm. So, Some anyway. little theater place uptown, and uh, it, it it was all it was an old movie theater. They took out all the seats. It had a sloped floor and everything, and it was like Santana, Led Zeppelin, and the Jeez. opening opening act was Lighthouse. Whoa. Oh, wow. really? Yeah. I remember yeah, that. All of that. Yeah. Big brand, big brass band uh, with yeah. them, right? Yeah. Yeah, huh. Wow, that was a show. I saw it in there. Yeah, that was a good show. Not to turn it into a music thing, but, you know, in the, in the, <laughs> the tea party was an old church, and they just took out the pews. That's right. And the band would play, like, on what was the altar type thing, okay? Not a big place. Not a big place. But B.B. Mm, B. Right. King's entire band, they fit them in there, and I saw him play. With an entire band, it was like mind blowing. I, some I, I didn't know who he was, and someone said, "Hey, there's this guy around who's better than Eric Clapton." I remember them saying that he's a better guitar player than Eric Clapton. I'm like, well, who could this be? Well, we go and see him. I didn't even know he was a black guy, but it was like such a such an experience to see like a professional like that with a playing with a band like that it was just like it was great. It was great. It was a it was a moment, you know. And yeah. too bad those places aren't there's no one to play in them anymore. But they were places to see great bands. Intimately, let's say, you know. Um, those bands were doing all those small venues. They were doing the Hampton Casino around that time yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, I saw yeah. the doors there. Yeah, Their first yeah. album hadn't come out yet. Wow. And <laughs> switchy, doors. switchy, wake up. So anyway, so. Hey, I, I'm listen, I I, uh, I read Dr. Hines, I think it was his first book called Opening Minds. Yes, uh, I see it behind. Thank you. Uh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> what a segue. What? 20, what? 20, 2002. 20 2002. Years. Oh, God. I didn't want to know the year because that means that I'm, I'm not getting any younger. But it was a fascinating book. And it's been Thank a long you. time since I read it. Yes. But it had to do with uh, uh, all aspects of the paranormal, uh, crop circles, and so forth. And, and dealt a lot with, of course, remote viewing. And I wonder if uh, in, in the last 
two decades? Good Lord. Have you had any uh, major revelations or changes in the way you conduct or look at remote viewing? Yes. We understand a lot more what's going on with all of these phenomena. And I put that in this book I published last summer called Dark Matter Monsters. Oh, another book. Good deal. Yeah, because there's been a lot of research into this whole subject matter. And it looked like, how does remote viewing relate to crop circles or psychokinesis? And my belief about it now is all of these phenomena that we call paranormal phenomena are a type of structured dark matter from the cosmos that's coming down to earth, that's getting focused by crop circles, focused by your mind into spirals, into shapes. Uh, we know a lot about this now. We know about relic neutrinos that are coming from the cosmic background radi radiation from 13 billion years ago. And they, the wavelengths of these particles are just right to interact with molecules and chemistry and so forth. So my latest thinking about it is opening wines was totally correct to talk about fractals, ge fractal geometry, the shapes of nature, branching shapes like tree structures and our bronchial structure, cardiovascular and things that branch out. That is exactly what Soviet researchers found was the basis for focusing and lensing neutrino flux, dark energy, dark matter. And so it, it seems like these fractal shapes are able to condense this dark matter in a way that our human bodies and mind can actually interact with project PK. I've seen demonstrations of this in Japan, people, guy that could bend bottles and spoons and levitate things over his palms right in front of you. That is the same energy as this dark matter, but it's being emitted by you. So my thinking now hmm. is going beyond opening minds from 20 years ago. Guys, this is so satisfying to extend what you did 20 years ago. It's not like you just had to write a totally new album. You could kind of continue on. I didn't have the explanatory ideas back then, but now I'm convinced it has to do with dark matter, which connects us to cryptids, Bigfoot, hmm. UFOs. And that's why all these phenomena, people get the cameras going out, the batteries, hmm. the time loss, the strange blurriness. We now understand what that is around all these phenomena. You know, the, the Soviet scientists that study cold fusion, low energy nuclear reaction, what we call cold fusion, yep. looks like ball lightning. They said they could never get good photographs of. It's always blurry. Hmm. What do people say about all these phenomena, UFOs and Bigfoot? How come there's no really clear photos? Because they're inherently blurry. And that's wow. the mm, nature. That's anyway, so, guys, it's been very satisfying. It keeps getting better. Yes. And music. I'm convinced you're generating some of this when you play music, coherent energy, interacting with dark matter. And that's right. why these concerts always feel so good. You're really moving energy around. Well, it's that's yeah, you've said that before. Yeah, I agree with you there. That definitely if you're at a if you're at a moment at a concert that is just, you know, you can't beat it. You are definitely in yeah. something that is well, unusual, you know, to uh, there's definitely a, a link there. That's why I've done my doctoral work in that area. Yes. But yeah. with aesthetic experiences as well as picking up the nuances in music, you also can pick up the nuances in a, a lot of different things that are unexplained. Mm -hmm. In fact, I've picked up dark matter on a uh, extended bulb experiment that I was doing in a uh, well-known 
haunted house and I did pick up something that looked like a uh, basketball, the size of a, a soccer ball that looks like it was made out of black cotton candy. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay. We know what that is. Uh, okay, please tell us. Oh, 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 what is your name? I just see owner. Oh, here. I'm sorry, yeah. Dr. Bob Gross. Oh. Yeah, Dr. Bob. What was it? It's Dr. Bob Gross. Dr. Bob Dr. Gross. Dr. Bob. Bob. Okay. You just hit the nail on the head. Ball lightning is at the center of all these phenomena, and it has a dark mode. Mm, it's called black ball lightning and you won't even see it sometimes it could be around you and you won't see it it can be invisible mm. or look like a black hole right in front of you i mean how many times have people described this around haunted sites uh area that's, that's even darker than the dark background mm. those are the dark evos what ken shoulders called exotic vacuum oh. objects ball lightning just call it micro ball yeah. lightning yes, yes and it has a dark mode has a light oh, I was it's knocked crazy. over by ball lightning when I was nine years old. Oh, no really? Way. Tell what us do you mean? No. Let's please tell no, us no, about no, that. Tell us. Mm. I'm, I'm curious. I have to hear okay. this. I, I was nine years old and I was playing with some friends. I lived. I grew up in the Pittsburgh area. Okay. And I was. Uh, it was uh, in the springtime, and I was some playing with some friends, the Rosinskis, in their basement, and we were trying to. I had. Did you ever see those little typewriters? It was like a disc, and you had to push down one letter at a time. Yes. To type. Yes. Well, we ran out of paper, so I was going over to my house. It left the basement, going over to my house to get more paper, more typing paper. And it had just rained a little while ago, and I went out of the basement door, and all of a sudden, I looked up and I saw this. It looked like a beach ball. Then it was uh, yellow and blue, uh-huh. and a, a ball, yes. and it flew right over top of my head, and it, uh, it knocked me over. Mm-hmm. I felt like a jet engine going over right. across me. Wow, huh? And it knocked the air out of me. You know how when you fall on your back, you yes. get the air wind knocked out of you? Yep, yep. That's that's what happened. And the neighbors came running out, and they thought they were hoping I was killed, I think, by the ball lightning, but I didn't get it. <laughs> hoping? What? But, wow. 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 Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> like great neighbors. Nothing like that. Yeah, that was the, yeah. my first experience. It was in Pittsburgh. then, other things have happened. Mm. Nothing like that has ever Amazing. happened. Amazing. So listen, uh, Tim, while we have you here, let me, I'm just going to ask you two questions. Yeah. First of all, um, maybe this is too big of a question to ask, but what do you think of this um, idea that we're all living in a simulation, that it's really all just um, someone else's uh, computer program? Because um, we've watched this YouTube. Raven, I know, has watched it, and I've watched it a couple times, and um, where the guy is just kind of explaining all what they would call evidence uh, that would um, kind of lead you to believe that something like this is going on, especially when you know they don't understand how quantum mechanics you know, work. They don't know understand how the spooky action at a distance work. Yet they use quantum mechanics in their mathematical formulas to make these incredibly fast supercomputers. You know what I mean? So right. they know right. something is there. They just don't understand it. I mean, it's it's kind of strange in that. I mean, but if you if you look into that, it looks like a lot of the things that happen. On a quantum level, they look different. If you're observing them, they're going to look one way. If you're not observing them, they look a totally different thing. It's almost like in the observation, and that is very strange. I don't know how you um, explain that. So what do you think? What What are the chances, do you think? And how would the paranormal work into this if this was someone's computer simulation? Well, I'm aware of that idea. I look at it more like Edwin Abbott did in his book, Flatland, from 1872. Do you remember Flatland? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Raven's nodding her head. 
Okay. So he wrote this satire of Victorian England about these shapes that live on a tabletop surface. Oh, yeah. And yeah, all they yes. know is this flat surface. Yep. And one day a sphere comes to visit them. And they see it just as a shape that's getting bigger or smaller because they're on a surface as the sphere comes through the table. Mm -hmm. And uh, the leaders of Flatland try to convince him that these things aren't real. They're hallucinating. But one of them who gets arrested for saying he really saw this finds out that the leaders have known about Sphereland the whole time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that, that's and they didn't funny. want people to know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's more how I look at it is mm. we're the ones that live in a sort of limited illusory world of flatness. Mm -hmm. It's actually a lot more complex. Yes, so yes. That's more Definitely. the way I look at it. It's a real tabletop surface. It's just not the whole space. Mm -hmm. That's more how I look at it. I, I think it's really happening. I don't think this is someone else's simulation. I mean, I think we're doing this, but it's a somehow a limited experience almost like we're the ghosts <laughs> mm -hmm. and the other things we encounter are the ones that can explore more of the territory. So, you know, so we're, we're like the, the, we're, the we're like the others in the movie. The others, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Switchy so, has his hand up. Switchy has his hand. Go ahead. Mr. Ward, please. Yes. Is, is this, <clears throat> whatever you might want to call this, this intelligence, this, uh, this natural state of existence, are we sort of co-creators then with this? And, and uh, we are partly responsible for the way we view UFOs and cryptids and so forth. Yeah, I think that's really true. Uh, we have chosen to have a very narrow perception of reality during our lifetime here. That's mm -hmm. my view of it. I mean, you don't have to agree with this, but that's what I think is going to happen. We are the flat shapes. We're built like that, though. We're obviously We've built. We've chosen this, and for some reason, it, it when you have less choices, like in a chess game, you can only do a certain number of moves, Yeah, it makes you a little better at playing chess. And we've somehow chosen to have this flatland experience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then when loved ones pass on and stuff, you know, things happen. We get communications. It doesn't make sense to our mind, but it shows us that there's something more. Hey, Uncle Al, the uh, UFO mechanic, do you believe, what do you think of this? You know, you're, a, uh, you're a mechanic. <laughs> what the idea, what's this idea about, you know, being in a simulation? You know, I mean, the, this guy goes into great detail. And if you listen to him, he, he, he says some convincing things. I think Raven will agree with me. It's it's an interesting way to look at it. You, I mean, who knows? Who can say what it really is? Well, that's what I mean. Is it isn't it supposed to be that we're not supposed to know? You know what I mean? I mean, isn't that the human experience? Is just you know wondering what life after death is? If the, is there gods? I mean, is there ghosts? I mean, isn't that isn't that just you know kind of the where we live? You know what I mean? And well, the, that's the universe. Maybe that's in? the limit of what we can understand. Go ahead, Raven. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe you know something I don't. What is the, the human experience supposed to be? <laughs> I don't know. You know I don't I mean, know. I look at it and like, uh, it just seems like more and more. I'm like, this just can't be actually reality. Hmm. And then there's so many videos that I watch that I just, there's, in my mind, there's no point in faking something because... You don't gain anything from it. So what does it matter, well, you know? Some people know. fake things, but you can tell, Switchy. you know, I think these days you can tell a lot of, uh, you know, fake stuff. Switchy's raising his hand. Yeah, yeah yes, one more. Steve, I, 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 question. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I, uh, 
I wonder if uh, if you look at the research uh, investigation of people like Jacques Vallée and John Keel, do you think they were on had some of this idea in in what they have uh, uh, talked about over the years? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I read that was one book I did read as a teenager was John Keel Mothman Prophecies. Yeah, me too. All right. Me too. Me too. I think oh. John Simeon, Keel. Dr. Simeon Hine. I I work at the Mothman Museum. I live in oh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, He's on the, weekends. I'm kind of you the do? information guy, uh, so the guy. you need to wow. stop by sometime, and I'll give you a tour. I'd love that. Oh, I think John Keel was right on. All right. I mean, we can go home this... now, everybody. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Another kumbaya know. moment here. There yes. are. This is my conclusion after studying cryptids and Bigfoot. There's debate whether Bigfoot is a cryptid or not. But look, these life forms exist and they pop through occasionally. And yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a total mystery to us humans. What is going on? Who are who's showing up here? Why? Mm -hmm. The moss man seems to show up people, there's mass catastrophes or people. Right, pass yeah, on. yeah. Things just kind of that's what I'm saying. We're the ones on the flat surface. And I think both John Keel and Jacques Vallée, who I've spoken to, by the way. And what Jacques oh. said to me is he said, Simeon, here's what they're not telling you about UFOs. The people who experience them have psychic experiences the day yep. or the week before the ufo shows up he goes if it's a metal ship with little guys getting on from their planet and coming over here how do you explain the psychic pre-perception so, so, so they selected much more complex than our little brains can figure they're out selected. i don't think our little brains can figure it out but it's still real uh, dr so bob please dr bob yeah uh, we were talking about brains i had the opportunity in the 1990s to walk work with a dr howard gardner from Harvard, mm -hmm. who came up with the concept of existential intelligence. Okay. Where actually some uh, some people's brains technically are, are more wired for that than other people. I, I believe that because nothing ever happens I've, to me. I've you know? conducted <laughs> some experiments on my own mm -hmm. on that. And I, 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 my research shows that that is you know correct. And he's starting to change his concept about how the whole idea of existential intelligence and multiple intelligences work but it, doesn't it make more sense to me now i'm just coming back down to earth after you know uh, getting into this it's a simulation thing doesn't it actually make more sense that it's like this um omni universe idea and these universes kind of you know can uh, if i can use the term rub up against each other and sometimes yeah. they just kind of you know what i mean just kind of intersect for a second that's why you see all these like weird creatures that might be just very normal in the universe next door, you know? And, and you know, in my book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, on sale everywhere, <laughs> forward by the famous Juan Juan. You okay, betcha. The whole idea is that all this strange stuff happens in our world. I mean, it's like, you know, 500 little weird stories of stuff that has happened. You know, maybe we live in the haunted universe. Maybe all these other universes, everything just is strawberries and blooms. People hate each other. What do you mean? You know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, they don't comprehend it. Maybe we're in the f***ed up universe, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, why yeah. not? Who knows? I mean, all the strange stuff is always happening, always, you know, on top of famines and wars and all that stuff. Who'd want to live here when you think about it? Anyway. Maybe uh, we, we, I, I'm a big fan of the multiverse idea. Mm -hmm. and, and physicists like Hugh Everett III studied this in the 50s. It became part of Star Trek mm -hmm. stories. Yeah, and yeah, back yeah. then, no one could, they thought it was science fiction, but it, it's a, a very reasonable interpretation. Uh, some people like physicist Sean Carroll believe that it's a simpler interpretation to have multiverses than the, the collapsing wave, which you referenced in the beginning. Mm -hmm. The idea that things aren't there till you look at them and then they disappear. 
Sean Carroll makes the same argument that Everett makes. They're all happening now. You just happen to be in one version of the quantum path. The other paths don't disappear, like Copenhagen said, collapsing waveforms. They're there. You're just not the one perceiving them. And I think a lot Mm. of these types of life emerge from these other quantum paths. Even if we don't see them very often, they pop through occasionally. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's a very convincing explanation for where Mothman comes from. Even Bigfoot. I've spoken to witnesses who said they just disappeared mm-hmm. while yes. they were looking at it in front of their eyes, or they only saw part of the body. You can read accounts of That's this. Stan else. Gordon's book, Silent Invasion, about Pennsylvania, South Left Pennsylvania. Yes, mm-hmm. Stan Gordon, would right? see like, yes. Yeah, he, he wrote about I, I came across, I heard him lecture like 20 years ago. I couldn't quite make sense of it. Why would UFOs appear around Bigfoot? It almost didn't add up. Right. Primate with these advanced ETs. But if you look at it from a multiverse point of view, it starts to make sense. We're the ones who are kind of limited. We're limited, and we think normalcy is the way it should be. Yes, but these exactly. other beings can yes. switch tracks, like changing the channel. Mm-hmm. And remember those early remote controls that your grandma had that had a tuning fork in them? Yeah. Sure. You know, remember that? Yes. You yes. press it. I remember my grandma had this in the 60s. You press it, and it would make a little tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. These little rods in it, and this TV would sense it. That's what these other creatures are like. They can emit different tones and switch channels. Uh-huh. And, you know, going back to Raven's point, it does look like effed up in a lot of ways. But I think that's the reason for that is it gives us the ability to choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, just personally picking up a guitar, I can change my mood. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like that, or if I'm playing yeah. for people, it, we have this magical capacity too. We shouldn't forget that. There's yeah. a really dark side. We see that every day on planet Earth. But there's amazing things too. It's that right. contrast that really makes the Earth experience. So yeah, but unique. you know, why can't it just be all nice? Why can't it be just all nice things? Though we have two minutes, two minutes. Well, maybe we can create our own nice things. Maybe we can. Well, I mean, have doing the, that sense, uh, Adam and Eve. You know, to, uh, that, that doesn't work. We need future. contrast. Yeah. See, it, know, here's the problem. Our own future is what, is what I'm going to say. The problem you know, is. Uh, Go ahead, Sorry. Uncle Al. Go ahead. If, if you go back to what you were Teachers. saying about the old style remote controls, right? And you, it made an, a sound. It was like a, a tuning yeah. fork. Yeah, it was a sound. Was what a sound. I found out as a kid was if you took a dog's collar, you know, the choker collars, the metal ones, oh, if go. you just drop that into your hand, it made the appropriate tone. It would turn on turn the, the TV. TV. Yeah, right. There you so go. There you go. inadvertently, <laughs> we may be making the same sort of sound. That opens something up that we see partial things. Even though we're not trying or we don't even think it's going to happen, who would ever think that taking a dog collar and dropping it into your collar, you know, the collar in your hand would make something happen? And I used to to freak out my friends by doing, you know, kidding around with them. Because we had one of these crazy TVs back in the day. Yeah, right. And I would, you know, oh, yeah, the TV's on. I would take, without them seeing, I would drop the the dog choker into my hand. Just why he was doing this with the dog choker and the little thing. That's another show. Right. Okay. But it, it actually worked. And the we'll TV st- would change channels uh, or, the, or we'll you know, st- shut off and turn on. We'll start the show with an obscene joke about my grandmother. And and I'll listen. All right. Listen. Time switching. Please put up the graphic. Switching. Are we there already? Yeah, yes. But, yes. But, well, while I do that, I, I just want to tell, call Dr. Hind that I'm a little bit depressed that his book came out. 20 years ago. 20 wow. years ago. Wow. Okay. So you're an infant reading it in the crib. Is that what you're trying yeah, to say? You were just a kid then. Now listen. Time is an illusion. <laughs> yeah, I wish. That's right. so, so, it's all happening at once. 
Before I uh, thank everyone, I just feel wanna, like it though. I just want to throw a few well, things. Thanks out. for being a fan. I do appreciate it, and I'm amazed. Twenty years later, I still stand behind every word in this book. So. Well, I will. I will be rereading it again, and I will certainly be uh, on Amazon tonight to get your other book. Thank you. You'll see. There's a, quite a connection. It just keeps going. Excellent. Keeps going. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Great. Um, all right. In the two minutes we have left before I thank everyone, I just want to give a shout out to a cool movie that we watched this weekend. It's out there somewhere on Netflix or whatever. It's Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> yes. Oh, I wow. saw it for the first time on Sven Gulli, right? Yeah, yes, on Sven Gulli, yes. I don't want to give him any publicity, but I'll tell you, that that movie, that's a great movie because it's it has a sense of humor in it that is like so effed up, you know. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> but it's so campy oh, so and funny. So that's funny. a thing. The scene with with the pies oh, oh. when I found oh, out yeah, 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 Gooley, yeah, 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 that they were going to have soupy sales in there and they wouldn't <laughs> pay the money. I I grew up in the Detroit area. Yeah, I soupy. watched soupy sales as a young kid before he went national. My mom hated him and kept turning over to Captain Kangaroo. Oh. I wanted soupy sales. Wow. There's another icon. Believe me, yeah, yeah. If you want moral character, Soupy was the guy to go with. I knew this. <laughs> someone, right. uh, someone whose yeah. father worked on the kangaroo. His crazy sidekick. Yes. What was the name? Mr. Fang Green Jeans. Oh, what? No, White Fang and Black Tooth. Black Tooth. Yeah, White Fang and Black Tooth. Hookie. Yeah. Hookie would sing uh, Fairy Tales Can Come Hookie True. It can happen to you. If, if you want to see a very weird. Ahead. Current movie. One minute. If you will. Go. Go. Uh, it's called The Greasy Strangler. <laughs> and it is what, it, I, what? I looked at the Greasy Strangler. We're talking strangler. about kids Saturday after Saturday morning shows. What are you talking well, about? No, it's, it's, no, I don't know if it would be that. But it's a it? weird, you want to see a weird kind of like campy horror, if oh, you will. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. The okay. Greasy Strangler, it was it, it won awards at Sundance, I believe, and stuff. Oh, and oh, it, it is, I've looked it up and it even says in the, the listing. Weirdest movie ever made. Oh, really? Okay, Raven is on it. Raven, you gotta, you gotta watch it. It is That's out there good... as far as I've ever, ever gone. It's a good gazette. Oh, I'm into it. Oh, you'll, <laughs> you get a big kick. And the other one I saw that really wasn't as weird, Same. but was really kind of funny was uh, Benny Loves You. Okay, all right. You it's sure about that was... a stuffed animal. It's about a, oh, Benny's okay, a stuffed right. animal. There's another show. Oh, Let's I go. Did I watch that movie? You couldn't I might remember? Have seen that. Oh, I That's think not, you'd remember. I don't recognize it from the title. I'll look into that well, one. Well, he says oh, it all yeah. the time. So you'd remember it. he's a little orange stuffed animal. And <laughs> Benny loves you. Benny loves you. Okay. Wow. Right. Okay. So those are two that one one is furiously writing. I highly, it highly recommend <laughs> on the weirdness factor being pretty high. Cool. Awesome. Uh, that, that leads us into Raven's scary movie hours uh, gonna be broadcast sometime in the next two weeks. Wait for this, fan. It's it's funny. It's funny. It's great. We've listened to it a bunch of times. Uh, interesting uh, surprise guests on each show. It really sounds good. Let's uh, play Raven's Bumper right here. Lock your doors. Close your windows. And turn out all the lights. Because it's time for Raven's Scary Movie Hour. Exploring the deep and dark depths of the most frightening movies ever. This show is not for the faint of heart. So consider yourself warned. Now, here's Raven. And uh, that'll be sometime within the next two weeks. Should be a lot of fun. I hope everyone likes it. I made it special for you. Special. Special. Very special. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Simeon Hine. Thank you, doctor. 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 We need a doctor. We got two of them here tonight. We're not, no, not any better. We're worse. 
Thank you, Dr. Sim, for joining us. We appreciate it. What's your latest thing? Can you plug real quick? Uh, He's going to play something. It's about hummingbirds. Oh, okay. Nice. Ba ba di boo ba boom. Thank you, Sam. Hang on. I like those. The drummer like just woke up. Dark okay, we got to. Monsters has just been ordered for Amazon. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I appreciate all your attention. I put so much more. It, there is really a connection between the two, and that's so gratifying after two decades. That there's a pu- more puzzle pieces that fit together. So yeah, yeah. Thank you. We'll Sid. talk about it the next time. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for Bob. sure. Definitely. Doctor Bob Gross, thanks for joining us. Balloon expert Bob, what's going to real quick? Are these <laughs> things going to continue? Are we going to be shooting these things down forever? Or are we at kind of at the end of the road of this chapter? I think this is going to continue. There's a reason this is happening right now. Yeah. Wow. Well, it is happening. I mean, once again, Stay I think it's for like the reason. Roswell yeah. 2023. It's just a lot of stuff, a lot of parallels too. Back in that time. Yeah. Thank you, Doctor Bob, for joining us. We'll talk thank, to you soon. Thank you. Right? Thank. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Okay. Uh, let's say goodbye to. Uh, we gotta say goodbye. Are we gonna say goodbye to Uncle Matt. Al, are you going on your secret mission? Yes, I'm. Want to go there? I'm, okay. I'm, all right. I'm out of here. All right. Great. Glad to see everyone. Thank you, folks. Thanks for joining us, Al. Hey, Al. Good evening. Have a good mission, Al. Order a burger and fries for me, too. Nah, no, no. You don't know. You don't know where he's going. <laughs> All right, man. I, thank right, you, Al, for joining us. Good night. Good to see you. All right. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Raven, this time, oh, I'm trying to delay it to the end, but I can't. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. really appreciate it. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. Did you have I a good so time? Fun. Tell us. Just tell us. You know, if it's becoming a drag, just tell us, and we'll pep up. What do you mean? I don't know. Never mind. All right. Here we go. There's 30 seconds. Okay. Thank you, Raven, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Love the glasses. Love the glasses. Okay. I think they're here to stay. I kind of need them to see. Yeah. Well, that's important. Oh. So. Yeah. Switchy. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Okay. Great show tonight. Okay. You and the Mothman Museum. Cool. Excellent. Uh, oh, I got to do the plugs. Plugs. Uh, uh, homes for our Troops. Please Google Homes for our Troops. who are an organization that builds homes for our veterans from post-9-11 combat. That means the Iraqi war and also the Afghan war. They build these homes to the veterans' needs. They may have uh, lost a limb in the service of our country. So they, they build these houses adapted to their needs. So there's lower counter space, not a lot of steps. Things like that make it a little bit easier for them uh, to live and to get around. And then when the house is completed, Homestead Troops gives them the uh, keys, rip up the mortgage. They don't have to pay a mortgage every month and go out and, you know, and live a life where they don't have that that nut hanging over them every month for the uh, mortgage payment. So it's uh, Homestead Troops. Please Google them. See if they're about 88 cents of your um, – Uncle Al's ghost is here. <laughs> uh, 88, 88 cents of your uh, dollar goes directly to our veterans. So Homestead Troops. And I want to thank everyone. Swag is coming back very soon. Also, uh, Raven's Scary Movie Hour coming very soon. And um, so this is Mac. I said goodbye to everyone, right? Juan Juan, I've said goodbye to you. Thank you, Juan Juan. Okay, yep. Are those Wingman sure. books in the background there? Is that an electronic? Uh, that's, that's real stuff here. It's really real stuff. Are they Wingman books? That's all we care about. Um, they're packed in a box that we have. There's there so many go. boxes wow. we haven't opened up yet. They're packed in a box. And, uh, what more do you have them, to say? A lot of them are books. Okay. All right. All I right. think your books are right beside my uh, Rolling Stones books. Oh, that, well, uh, at least they're in a place of honor. Thank you very much. Thank you, Juan Juan. <laughs> and let's, I'll get the WhatsApp, right and we'll be, able to, we'll be able to chat. 
over the puddle. Yeah, okay? check the, install the WhatsApp, and then uh, you know I'll walk you through the rest of it. Everyone out there, do it. Too. Just download the app. It takes two seconds. Thank you, JJ. And I want to thank everyone out there for uh, joining us tonight. And uh, so this is back for the entire gang saying, until you hear us next time, be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. And now, please stay tuned for a bonus segment of Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show. I'm the only one to blame for this Somehow it all adds up the same Soaring on the wings of pride I flew too high And like Icarus I collide Responsible for blown behavior I lost all contact with my former savior No one locked me out cause I failed to phone up I can't bear to live forever like a loner To be sad when you lack a partner How would I react to a broken heart now? It ain't really true Rock and roll unless I'm Hanging on to you when I hold it next time Don't let go the coast Don't let go the coast Don't let go the coast Oh,